pod where normal people become incrementally less shit. I'm Stacey Fisher. And I'm Taryn Hedo. And together, we're sisters and a pair of normies trying to work out what we want to be when we grow up. Before we get too much into the podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we are recording this podcast today. That is the lands of the Gadigal and Wurundjeri peoples. Sovereignty was never ceded and it always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This week, I do the impossible and bring you a dating app worse than Tinder. Plus, we are changing up the format of the podcast and bringing new goodness to email subscribers. Taryn, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm curious about what a dating app worse than Tinder is. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. You know, back in the day when I was on the apps for the for my like six month single period in my entire adult life. Yeah, I didn't mind Tinder. It was alright. <laughs> You're gonna hate yeah. this one though. Trust me. Got the job. It got the job done. <laughs> Did you meet Kel on Tinder? No, we we met on Hinge actually. Ah. <laughs> But it could have been Tinder. I mean, I, I don't rate Hinge above Tinder. I don't know, man. It's just, it's all just a, you swipe what? and then you get a coffee and then you figure it out. What makes Hinge different? Tinder is just photos. You're literally just judging your photos in a tiny bio. Hinge is a bit more detailed. There's more photos, there's more details, there's more info. And uh, you can see if the other person likes you, whereas on Tinder you can't see until you both match. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Elle liked me first. I'll just put that into the universe. <laughs> On the record. Well, shall I start with my batshittery? Yes. My batshittery this week is about football again. So two teams in the A-League, uh, the Central Coast Mariners and the Newcastle Jets. Uh, these two teams have a little bit of a rivalry. And if you've lived in either place, you know that there's a little bit of a rivalry. Anyway, the football teams ratchet it up a little bit. It's called the F3 Derby because the freeway that went between Sydney and Newcastle and then by extension, the, the Central Coast and Newcastle, used to be called the F3. The Mariners in particular are known to do some some weird stuff. Uh, there's a very famous photo of their mascot being a sauce bottle, putting the finger up at opposition fans. Uh, there's a cannon at the ground that goes off whenever there's a goal. Uh, and in fact, there are giant sauce bottles in the stadium, which I have inside knowledge when the Matildas played at Central Coast Stadium. It was none other than Sam Kerr that requested that the giant sauce bottles be inflated when they played. <laughs> It's become such a meme. So this is the Mariners. The Mariners are, are a bit like this. The league is a bit like this. I like to have a bit of fun. For this season, the Mariners and the Jets have created a trophy for the F3 derbies. So it's the club that wins the most F3 derbies throughout the season. The way they've done this is they've literally taken a piece of the road, a piece of the highway, and made it into a trophy <laughs> And it's called the F3 Derby Trophy, and I think it is hysterical. That's most, the best. Yeah. I mean, most people love it. I would say everyone loves it. There's a few grumps, but we mostly ignore the grumps because they're <laughs> the worst kinds of people. It's hilarious. It's hysterical. I love it so much. Uh, a trophy made of bitumen. Yes. What do you have for us, Stacey? Ah, Taryn. Look, in case you were ever feeling a bit like you did not win the fucking lottery being born a lesbian, today's Hellscape features a new dating app for conservatives. <laughs> I don't think I would have met Kel there. <laughs> I would rather die alone than meet anyone there. 
the new concept. Dating apps aimed at conservatives have been tried before. Uh, very recent failures include Writer, Patreo, Conservatives Only, and two that I only just found out about that made me cackle and clench my vagina in horror simultaneously. <laughs> Donald Data and Trump Singles. <laughs> Ooh. Now, proving once again that, you know, pesky things like economics do not matter to conservatives. A couple of Trump appointees and a guy called Peter Thiel, who's apparently some like notorious Silicon Valley investor turned Republican mega donor, recently launched The Right Stuff. Mm. Now, despite all of that Peter Thiel money, um, it seems like the only conservative renter blonde that they could secure for the promo video was a woman named Ryan. Two ends, so you know she's a lady. <laughs> now, if you've never heard of Ryan before, don't worry, she is the sister of that Trump press secretary who said she never lies, the young pretty one. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> in her in the promo video, she describes the app as anti-woke and a place where pronouns aren't necessary. <laughs> what, you just call each other by your first names all the time? <laughs> Hi, Ryan. But you can't even say I. No. Hi. Ryan thinks that Stacy is not I mean, these are the people that think pronouns are so important that you have to capitalize him all through the Bible, right? <laughs> I went on their website, um, which was, wow, literally the only person of color to feature on their website is a black trans woman who they openly mock as the sort of person that you won't find on the app. Bafflingly, they also describe it as the least, all caps, political dating app despite being the only dating app with your political affiliation right there in the title oh my god anywho if you're the sort of person who visits tinder and thinks i wish this place was bleaker you can download the app at datewrightstuff.com the app for awful people who are a little bit right and a little bit right <laughs> Wow. Yeah, see, Tinder's not that bad. Tinder's shallow, but it's not yeah. like that. All right, Taryn, what are you working on this week? Yeah, so for me, like, I am feeling a, a decent amount better in the recent weeks. I've definitely improved a lot. I, I went to the shops the other day, uh, Although I got really over exuberant and I was sort of like walking quite quickly and then had a doozy spell. So that was, you know, uh. joyous. These sorts of things are still happening, but I can do a lot more. I'm a lot more confident in myself. I graduate tomorrow and I'm going to walk on stage without a mobility aid. So that's pretty cool that I can yeah. do these things now. I can sort of get around the place for the most part unaided. You know, still very short distances, of course, still not doing very much heavy lifting, but I have improved an awful lot. Good. The issue is that now I'm in a state where me laying around and being like, oh, I'm too sick to move. Oh, I have a disability. Oh, I'm, I'm helpless. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, I feel like I only just 
sort of got into this acceptance stage. I got there and that's great, but now I need to shift again. And it's this mental shift, which is the hardest thing in the world, which is shifting to now I need to actively, consciously, every single day do rehab. Now I need to think again about what the house needs because that's what Kel's been doing for the last six months. So now I need to use that part of my brain again, which I've never been good at anyway. But okay, like, oh, we need things from the shops. I can actually go and do that now. I'm not, like, helpless anymore. And engaging all of that, again, is proving a real challenge for obvious reasons. Like it's a transition. Of course it's hard. It's bandwidth. uh, Yeah, it's bandwidth. I think for for this week and and really, um, really for the next few months, it's entering this next stage of adjusting to I'm still limited in what I can do, but I am not incapable of doing things that I was incapable of doing three months ago. Mm-hmm. And learning to find where that ground is. And then also, you know, I'm a very zero to a hundred person. Mm. Uh, learning to find that middle ground is, is going to be tough, but it's something that's going to be necessary. And, you know, I don't know to what extent I'm going to get better. Yeah, I said this at the at the very beginning. I don't know if this is going to be something that's going to be with me forever or whether one day I'm going to be 100% better. I may need to learn to live with this middle ground for the rest of my life. I better fucking do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm what I've been thinking about and 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 what I'm going to be working on uh, in the in the upcoming weeks. Yeah. What are you working on this week, Stacey? So, I'm having my yearly existential crises. I read a couple of articles over the weekend and both of them scared me. One of them said that a woman's prime earning years are earning year is 44 and I am 3 years away from that. And the other said that basically you start to fall to pieces at 45. So Good news, I am four years away from that cliff as well. So I don't know if it's my year, just my regular yearly existential crises or a full-blown midlife crises, but I am in my head. I'm I'm having a lot of mental drama. Part of it is I've spoken on previous podcasts around needing to work on my money shit. So I've been under-earning for years I've made literally millions for other people. I've made close to a million from my services in the last few years when I own the agency and also from my own ABN. We've made well over a million at Minnow and somehow I've pocketed very little of it. I can take a million and give it away more successfully than anyone that I know. And I'm just trying to work out what is going on what's how what thought is it that's leading to this action because i'm not pissing it up against the wall it's not like i've got luxury cars or holidays or get rich quick schemes or bad investments or any of that it's just you know all of that money went on supplier invoices and staff costs and legitimate items on the balance sheet and i know that i'm not bad at business because i have kept businesses running and making money through really really tough times COVID, multiple financial crises. It's something to do with me and the interaction with paying myself and my relationship with money. I'm pretty avoidant around money altogether. Not about making money. I'm good at that and I love it. And that's why I've been in marketing my whole career. And But like, we don't even have a family budget. It's ridiculous. 
I don't know what money's coming in. I don't know what money's coming out. There's some shit going on in my head and I just need to work it out. I know that I've picked up some really contradictory thoughts about money and some confusing stuff around obligation and dependence and motherhood in my childhood. And I kind of need to work those out. But in the meantime, I also think this is temptation to be in your own head a lot and I'm much better at kind of learning through doing and I just want to get out there and make some money so I need to decide on the goal for next year and I need to get my money mindset sorted. I am sitting down on Monday with my friend Yvonne who is very good at this stuff and both of us are going to do just a bit of a deep dive into our own brains. I'm going to do one of those dicky wheel of life exercises. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I, I haven't. <laughs> they're, they're actually pretty good. They're a tool that life coaches have been using for like 20 years and I don't think that anyone has really beaten them for effectiveness. You basically like scope out all the areas of your life, how you feel about each of those areas, do a brain dump and a mind map and sort of work out what your big goals are going to be for the year. So I'm going to do that on Monday and work out what I want to do when I grow up. It's interesting. One of the things that I speak about a bit with with some of my friends and some of the people in my life is is around money and the way that I have a very different attitude towards money to many of my friends. And that's because for me growing up, it wasn't something that I ever had to worry about. And to this day, if something, if the worst happened and I suddenly couldn't earn any money, I have a support network that means that I will never be homeless. I will always have something to fall back on. Mm. And we have had completely opposite experiences with yes, money. Correct. Despite being, because we're not part of the same family unit. Yeah. Just... And that was that was the point, I guess, that I was gonna make is that for for a lot of for a lot of them who didn't grow up with that, there is an inherent fear of being unemployed, of not earning money. Mm. And what happens at the back of that is, yeah, it's very different attitudes about spending money. Mm. The the fallback was not guaranteed. If something mm -hmm. went wrong, it would have mm. gone wrong, wrong. Well, things went wrong and the worst did happen a couple of times. Yeah. And as a result of that now, it's like, you know, you can earn all of this money, but mm. that mindset doesn't necessarily change. Yeah. So moving on from yeah. all of that, like, hard, tough, in the basement stuff, um, <laughs> What's your small dumb thing for the week? Last week I said I would plan my days out again and I was absolutely shithouse at it. <laughs> I think I, I don't know, I just have that I just have that fear of like yeah, I think now that I'm sort of back healthier again, I'm I'm actually I'm sort of almost in a worse mental spot than I was when I was Because you're being a perfectionist. Fed. Yeah, because I'm being a perfectionist and because I'm like, well, if I'm not zero, I have to be a hundred. And it's like before I was like so proud of myself for doing little things because I was like, oh, it's so helpless. And now I feel less helpless, but it's harder to motivate myself to do things. It's a weird thing. It, it seems very contradictory. It doesn't say, it doesn't surprise me at all, given that we sort of share a brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that perfectionist thing. I mean, what if you were to just do 60%? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I... I sort of got used to doing 60% and being 
pleased with 60% because mm. I was capable of 60% and I was doing 60%. So that was my 100%, right? Now my my 100% is more like 80% and, I, and I'm like, oh, that's a step too far. That's like too far. If I can't do 100%, then I'm, then I'm yeah. rubbish. Um, so what's it, changed is your thoughts about 60%. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's my thoughts that have changed and... Anyway, I, I need to get back to planning again. Just just literally in the morning, writing out stuff to do. And again, like I think I expect expectations are an interesting one because when it when it comes to writing, I know that I can't if 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 the only thing I have to do that day is write. I'm not writing for eight hours a day. That's nonsense. People aren't actually capable of writing for eight hours. It's writing is a couple of hours a day and when I was doing my honors thesis it was the same maybe I can do research for eight hours a day maybe I can read for eight hours a day I cannot write for eight hours a day no any creative will tell you and I had I found this at the agency as well if you're working on a creative task you max out at three hours at the absolute outside edge yeah you cannot be properly creative for more than a couple of hours a day 100 so when I write out my what I'm doing for that day, I need to do it with that in mind and just give myself a, even if it's only like a couple of hours of tasks to do a day, it's it's fine. It's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the way that I'm, I'm choosing to live my life at the moment. And there are days that are really busy. There are days where I'm flying into state. There are days that I'm, you know, focused for, for many, many hours and, and doing very high stress tasks. Mm. Uh, I can also have days where I only do a couple of hours. My, my, my small dumb thing is to plan. Great segue. So I have updated the PDFs. So I spoke about this in the last podcast about beefing up the downloads that we offer on our website. Um, and I didn't make it super obvious on that podcast that when I meant downloads, I did not mean podcast downloads. I meant downloadable PDFs that we offer on the website. I have updated those to include my weekly planning system. They're done. They will be live by the time this podcast goes to air. I am going to try to provide a bit of context around it. If I don't get to that, we might cover that in the next podcast. But yeah, so that's my weekly planning system. Take a look. Anyone who's on that email list will also get an invitation to join the community next year where we're going to work on a big project for the year together. So yes, if you do want a weekly planning system, Karen, it's on your very own website. And this is a good one. Yeah. So, and actually that is a, that's another segue into the changes that we're going to make into the, to the podcast next year. So just on the freelance life and what it means to run your own business and be constantly on, we are finding that weekly podcasting is too much for us. And also that we get a quite a valuable podcast one week and then the following week, tends to be a bit of repetition. So we are going to move the podcast format to fortnightly. We are going to do one next week because we'll be together. It'll be the final one for the year. Yay! We're actually going to be in the same room. So we are going to record one final podcast for the year next week. And then we're going to have two weeks off and then start recording in the new year. Um, And then we're going to kick off the kind of new goal new year new goal thing in february yeah if you are wondering why there's 
a week gap. From now on, it's because we're going to be recording fortnightly. Well, do you want to go into your small dumb thing then after all of that? Well, yeah. So my small dumb thing last week was to build out the flow chart. I procrastinated building the flowchart by building the PDFs. So I did a, a small dumb thing. I still need to do the flowchart. So that is my, my flowchart for that building to 100 weekly podcast listeners. That is going to be my small dumb thing for the week is the flowchart. Brilliant. That's hmm. much simpler than mine. Well, I mean, mine was also simple. It was also small. It just it just went on and on and on. I am I am going to challenge you on your um planning thing though. Something mm. needs to change. So continually butting your head up against the brick wall and telling yourself you need to plan, and then feeling guilty at the end of the week and you haven't, and then recommitting to planning, is a hiding to nothing. You need to decide what it is that is got. You need to observe yourself and decide what it is that is not working. Why you're not planning. Is it too complicated? Is it not part of your routine? Do you need to have like an anchor habit that you anchor it to? Uh, do, Work do, you out. Know, do you know why I'm, I can tell you exactly why I'm not doing it is because it works. And I, and there's <laughs> a big part of me that doesn't want to do work that day that wants to just fuck around and watch YouTube videos and lay on the couch and watch games. That's why I haven't been doing it. It is a simple system. I literally write out a list in a notebook. Yep. It's it's not it's five minutes. There's no yep. there's nothing complicated. <laughs> I don't do it because it does work. And yep. when I do it, it puts me into work mode. And some days I don't want to be in work mode. Right. I want to procrastinate. And I think it, it it's this whole mental challenge that I've been working on that that I spoke about earlier of this new phase of my health. Mm. I think it all ties into that. It's a resistance almost to getting better. There's this kind of... What's changed? Your body, everybody has that, Tara, and that is a universal experience. Your brain and your body will do anything it can to try to resist change. It's exactly why <laughs> I did a triathlon and didn't lose any weight, right? Because other mechanisms kicked in. I was like, oh, I don't want to change. I really want to change. No, it's the total, it's where I am too. It's that dance you do with the resistance to change and what it means and we just both have to be honest with each other and be accountable to each other and plow on through the resistance because the resistance is normal it's healthy i've gotten very comfortable doing fuck all yeah and uh that's a problem and I, like and I, as, I, if, I as if your body and brain wants you to be like oh let's do more yeah. <laughs> no it's your goal like it's you that wants to do more your yeah. soul, your inner self that wants to do more. Your body and your brain, your like lizard self is like, nah. And and to be fair, I think it's very revealing that I said I, d I do fuck all when I commentate a game once a fortnight. And yeah, you've never done fuck all. I've but never I'm done fuck all. But it still it feels like it because I'm not, you know, concentrating for eight hours a day, five days a week. It's yeah. stupid nonsense. Because you aren't meeting the standards set by the like capitalist patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking, they're not doing it anyway. That is a lie. Yeah, no like, one no actually one does it. Actually, doing it. No I, one. I worked full time once. I know your tricks. I know that you spend at least an hour a day online shopping. Come oh on. my gosh, you we don't fool all me. know that you have a particular shitter that you go to. Yeah. 
we've all worked our <laughs> we've all worked in the capitalist patriarchy before and we know that <laughs> so much fucking around oh no i'm so oh it's it's 10 o'clock oh i, I just the coffee it just took forever <laughs> yeah you know you know my bag was on my desk the whole time my computer was on oh what oh i'm so sorry <laughs> i do my two hours a day from home it is not any different no um, no anyway sorry that was that was a complete <laughs> tangent so but maybe the thing that to just to go back to the challenge that i've set for you maybe the thing to do differently is just to marinate in that resistance and just be like yep this is me i don't fucking want to work i don't want to work today i would much rather sit on my ass and eat ice cream and play video games <laughs> of course i would but my higher intent is to get this done so i'm just gonna do it set a timer another great tool that i use is is called focus mate mm -hmm. and it pairs you it's five dollars a month or it's free for three sessions a week and it pairs you with somebody who is also focusing on a task for either 25 minutes or 50 so that pomodoro time frame and you they're just randoms from anywhere literally anywhere in the world doing random stuff you get on you say what your goal is the task that you're working on and what your goal is for the 50 minutes and then you both he or she will state what they're doing you mute yourself and then you sit there and because you're accountable you can't get up and make yourself a cup of tea or do a wee or check your facebook or whatever you're going to do you know that's sort of that mental accountability and then your 50 minutes is up and you've got a break so I do two or three of those a day, and that is game-changing. I mean, I don't like the idea of the random, but I do like the idea of the accountability. So Nine times out of ten, they just want to like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Okay, mute. But sometimes I'm like, what's your business? Oh, and you get a chat, and, or they're, and they're from somewhere fascinating, and they're trying to communicate with you. You're trying to communicate back. It's, you know, it's this lovely little, like, wholesome community global moment. It's great. Cute. Taryn, mini motivation for the week. So funnily enough, summer is an antithesis to productivity for me. Mm -hmm. Like I get really happy for like one day and then I'm too hot and I can't do anything. And I'd rather be <laughs> at the beach and I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm I'm much more productive in winter, albeit maybe a little bit more depressed when there's less sun. But <laughs> in Melbourne this week, it is cold. Maximum of 15 kind of cold. It's raining 15 degrees on the, the 12th of December, which wow. is summer. It's about 1,000% um, humidity up here. So I actually, as funny as it sounds, I find the rain and the cold weather really motivating mm. because you can just, you can make your cup of tea and I've, I've done that. I've made my cup of tea. I've got a, a candle. I finally cleaned up my study. So it's nice and tidy and I've got some candles and I... Um, feeling really cozy and comfy and nice and happy, and that's my mini motivation for this week. It's that it's cold. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> my mini motivation is, I hope, um, a book called Dopamine Detox. So I purchased it literally knowing nothing about it except that it was cheap and I was feeling anxious yesterday and it popped up in my Kindle recommendations and I was like, oh yeah, that looks like something I need to do. So I'm a few pages in, it's a bit basic so far, but I could use a little dopamine detox. So this human Labrador who can't allow herself access to social media 
is going to do a little dopamine detox, maybe. I don't know if the book's any good. Explain this to me. What do you so, mean by dopamine? This, this seems like the antithesis of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so the science is that dopamine is the reward hormone and we are getting floods of dopamine from our phones, from social media, from modern life. We are in a constant state of dopamine overload and that means that we need more and more dopamine to keep getting that hit. The downside of dopamine is the more you get the kind of, it's like anything, the less of a hit you feel when you've got it. But I assume it's going to be more meditation, more time alone staring at the wall, which if you told me 20 years ago would be the most enjoyable activity in my life, I would have been pretty upset. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you know next week if it was any good and if it works. Awesome. Well, I think that's where we need to wrap it up for this week. Where can the people find us? Well, if you are not doing a dopamine detox, you can find us at our website at minimumbaseline.com, Instagram at minimum.baseline, Twitter at minimumbaseline, or you can follow me on Twitter at Taryn Hedo. Five-star reviews help us reach other normies who might be trying to become incrementally less shit. Please jump on your podcast app of choice and leave us some feedback. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or on our RSS feed on our website. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.